The hunt is on for the missing billions South African investors lost in the latest Ponzi scheme. Only just over 4 million has been found in a local account. Where could the rest be? Let's speak to Magnus Heistek. Welcome, Magnus. Yes, hello, Chris. Nice talking to you again. It seems to me that this story is is uh, you know, growing legs faster than we can catch up. And uh, a lot of angles that you've uncovered, you know, uh, it seems to be that a lot of questions are being asked about where is the money? Where has it gone? Is it a Ponzi scheme? Has it left the country? And we're getting more and more um, people contacting us asking questions about, well, if it is a Ponzi scheme, what about, what will happen to me? I spoke to a lady this morning who lost the life savings in the scammer, but she's more concerned about, will they come after me to repay the profits that I made? Will SARS come after me? So, it, you know, it's just not a simple case of defrauding people. It, it has a tremendous trickle-down effect on, on people and families. And it's, it, it, again, it's such a bad indictment on the world of investments where you can still, in this day and age, with all the bank regulations and all the uh, regulations at the FSCA still get away with a scam like this. You know, it is quite astounding. Um, and, it, and it highlights the fact that, you know, that's the reason why South Africa is on the grey listing, the so-called grey listing. It's still possible that smart and crooked people can create these schemes and get away from, with it for a very, very long time using normal banking channels local marketing, and, and they can write about these things in the media and attract clients. That, that is the astounding part of the story. Well, Craig Warner, the supposed mastermind, is safely behind bars, safely for him. But what about those who enabled him? Well, I, I think, as we said last time, that, that uh, Global and Local and Michael Haldeen, for instance, the founder of Global and Local, is, is sent it right in the middle of the scam because he's you discovered and you received information from the public that he was a joint director with Craig Warren on a number of companies, both local and offshore. So he cannot plead innocence, as I didn't know. He was right there promoting this scheme very aggressively to clients going back many, many years, more than 10, 12 years. So to find innocence now and said, you know, we've also been scammed, that's not correct. And I think he needs to answer, you know, me, media questions and, and, and questions from the regulator. How did the scammers work together? I mean, you sent me some stuff about you found through your contacts, I think a total of 11 local and global companies that have ties with BHI, BHI International, um, management companies, or dealers in the Know, connected to those as well in far-off places like Virgin Islands being administered from there. So this is a whole network of, of, of companies, trusts that have been set up over a period of time and the suspicion is very strong that most of this money is either dissipated on, 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 on Ferraris and aircraft and has left the country. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if once they really dig down to find out a lot of this money has left the country over a period of time and in the stashed away and trusts in, in funny parts of the world. So um, there's significantly more to this story than just, you know, another scam, someone has been been stolen. So there's, there's 
many, many more things are going to come out in my view. Now, assuming that money is sitting in various accounts uh, in other countries, what are the prospects for investors of that money being repatriated to South Africa once it has been located? Well, you know, locating the money is one thing. Proving that it is the proceeds of crime is another thing. And I am talking or dealing with international jurisdictions, which um, is immensely expensive, immensely time-consuming, and we're probably looking at a five to ten-year period of time before you actually can go through the whole legal process in South Africa, prove that the money was stolen, prove that it left the country, prove that it landed in offshore jurisdictions, because technically that money, if it is, let's assume that it is in various trusts around the world, is, is in a trust, and the trustees of that trust need to decide whether they're going to repay the money or not. They might take a different view and say, well, unless you've got legal proof and in the court in our area, our jurisdiction, we're not going to pay the money back. So that that is the, as I said, trickle-down effect of these things. It takes so much money and time and effort to try and find the money, and uh, you know, once again, I think that that global and local uh, needs to come and explain their role, and also the Rubicon administrators, because there's joint shareholding there, the directors of both companies. So, in Afrikaans, they call it a cutness of of criminality. We all know what that is. It's just a, a nest of criminality perpetrated over time, almost almost twenty years, and it. It seems to be that some of this money has left the country once again through the formal banking channels and landed up in Virgin Islands and other parts of the world. Now, Michael Haldane himself once wrote a column on how to spot uh, a Ponzi scheme, uh, how not to be scammed. That's very ironic. I mean, what he wrote about, and I remember reading that article, was exactly what happened in this case. You, in the, all the all the red flags were there in this investment scheme. Too good to be true. Returns better than everybody else. A very sophisticated trading strategy that only the very smart people can follow. And you know, no major losses. That was one of the giveaways in my. You know, I looked at the history of the returns of this particular fund. And in the 2008, when stock markets crashed by over 50% and more, this fund still declared a profit. Now, if you were trading in, in shares on the JSC, that was physically not possible. You would have made a very, very big loss, doesn't matter what you did in the market. And that's a typical strategy that, that Madoff also tried to sell, that even in downturns, he still made money on that, that. People fell for that argument. And then what you are picking up and what I'm picking up, that Global and Local were very, very aggressive promoters of the scheme, convincing investors in good regulated investments to sell those investments and transfer it to BHI because the returns were better and wink, wink, no taxes paid, etc. So, you know, it's very ironic that that article was written and, and, and he was himself involved in yeah, in, in the similar scam, so so it seems. Well, he was still joking, really, that some people literally invest in Ponzi's, knowing full well they're investing in a Ponzi. Le- professional Ponzi 
investors. Uh, why do they do that? Do they get in early and get out quickly? or? You, you, you know, as I said to you last time, I, I, I've been looking at these investment schemes or scams for almost 40 years, and it still amazes me to this day that all the warnings uh, over all these years and decades and articles and columns and radio programs and TV programs, people still fall for an investment scheme that is too good to be true. And is it is it deep is it a deep rooted flaw in the psychological makeup of investors? Is it greed? Is it stupidity? Is it uh, lack of knowledge? It's a combination of all those things. And and uh, people, first of all, my experience is a lot of people do not want to take responsibility for their investments. They want someone else to run their investments, but they want to live off the proceeds. They want to make their 10 15% year after year, but they don't want to see how it's done. They just want the money in their bank account. That's all that they're interested in. And all of these schemes operate on that basis that for a very long time, that money gets paid. Every month, the investor gets their return, they get their dividends or interest or whatever you want to call it, and they say, look, it works. Well, how can you be cynical of these schemes? Well, I always say it works until it doesn't work. And that's exactly what happens here again. Just one day, it stops. And that happened with the share maxes and the leader guards and the, and, and, and the MP finance 20 years ago. And, you know, I can, I can rattle them all off. These schemes work until one day when it doesn't work. And then people say, oh, I should have read the documents or I should have asked other people or go and see a professional advisor. I think they, they, they kind of don't want the responsibility of management, managing money. They want something to take care of that responsibility. And these, these perpetrators of these schemes play on that psychology. It says, don't worry, ma'am, we will look after you. You'll get your money every month. You relax. You spend your time doing other things. We will worry about your investments. A lot of people, unfortunately, just simply fall for that line of thinking. And, 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 and easy prey, if you're not sure, you don't know how markets work, and you say, oh, thank goodness, my, my, my problems have been solved. Now, when we spoke last time, you told me how when you first heard of the BHI scheme, you knew it was rubbish. And as soon as you saw the application forms with all the red flags, you got a client to get his money out of there really fast. Some people were really mad at you that you now didn't issue a warning at the time. But how often it was called the financial schemes coming across your desk? Almost, almost on a monthly basis. So there are many Ponzi schemes out there right now. There there are so many Ponzi schemes. I'm not going to take my time and effort to go and report it every time to the FSCA. I was interested in my clients' affairs. I pull the money. End of story. Now I don't care if people say I should have reported it. I have reported things in the past, and it's been ignored. I reported the share max when it started. I um, and I found myself in legal trouble. I was being sued by the share max people, and I kept on sending documents to the previous regulator when it was called the Financial Services Board. And I got a one line back from the regulator at that time, saying your concerns have been noted. Thank you. And two years later, four billion rand was was gone. I went, and I've done this a number of times where I've taken a lot of my time, 
did the digging, sent the documents, and then nothing coming back. So I'm not going to keep on doing this because the regulator is out there and there are other people there. So, you know, I was just concerned about my clients. So, and you also run the risk of being sued. I was threatened with lawsuits by the Shemex people. For, and, and, and finally, when it really got so bad, I was offered a bribe, 500,000 rand if I walked away. And that I have on record still today. I still talk about it. So it's not as simple as, oh, I should have reported. It's very difficult to report one of these scams. Mm. And then I said, I still remember that letter from the regulator. Your concerns have been noted. Good. End of story. So, you know, I, I don't worry about that. Um, as I said, I, when I looked at the scam, Maybe I've been in the business longer than most people, but I, I just said, this strategy is cannot work, and it won't work, and it's, and it's rubbish. Now, these kinds of schemes are coming across your desk every month. There must be many people investing in Ponzi schemes in South Africa right now. What would you advise them to go back, read the fine print, and if it's unregulated, get their money out? First of all, check if it's regulated. Check yeah. with the FSCA. Is the advisor regulated and or the fund that they're invested regulated. Mm. And if you don't know how to do that, go and pay a professional, go to a financial advisor and say, yes, money in for your time, two hours, three hours, please check this out for me and come back with a report. It's simple, but people don't want to do that. They don't want a professional advice. They don't want to pay for it. They want everything mm. for free. And then they lose their money. And, and any good accountant or forensic accountant or a good financial advisor would take you two or three hours to check out a scam or a scheme and they'll say, you know, Mr. Stain, this is a scam. This is my advice. Walk away from it. But people know they, 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 their money has left the country. They don't want to take the effort of doing that. But that's what they should be doing. With social media, it's so easy to create the aura of a respectable investment scheme mm -hmm. You've got beautiful uh, uh, TikTok messages and Ferraris in the background and telling people that they can get 15 20% per, 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 per month or per year or whatever. Unfortunately, people fall for it. And so they, they, they sometimes do have money that comes from a pension fund or the sale of a property or an inheritance. And um, they believe these stories. Thank you. That was Magnus Heistek speaking to Biz News about the latest developments in the Ponzi scheme that cost investors billions. Thank you, Magnus. <laughs>